We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Welcome, welcome, welcome in to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are, of course, powered by Bet Rivers. You can find us on YouTube. Smash that like button. You know the deal. Like us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, and of course, find us on SiriusXM Channel 84. That's College Sports Radio. What a day. What a day it has been in the illustrious month of March, and it's included everything that this month is supposed to be about. We've had absolute heartbreak. We have had the utmost joy in this month and in this day. We have had the biggest upset in the history of this tournament we have had buzzer beating game winners we have had everything this march and this month can uh, be about right here on this beautiful friday afternoon i'm john martin and i am joined tonight by two esteemed gentlemen rob doster founder of field of 68 and terrence oglesby recently reclaimed his entire identity things are good again all is good in the world <laughs> of to uh, gentlemen, look, w- just went final with Memphis and FAU, so we'll get to that here momentarily. But the story of the day, the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA tournament, Fairley Dickinson taking down Purdue in the second ever 16-1 upset. Uh, T.O., let's start with you, man. How did this happen? It's pretty the smallest team in the NCAA, right? Take down. It's literally the David versus Goliath situation going on here. And here's here's what really happened is Purdue hasn't seen a trapping team. They haven't seen a pressing team. They haven't seen a team that will mix things up and make it difficult for you and where your young guards have to figure things out, at least for the last three months, guys. If you look back to their non-conference, were there really even that many teams then? that were really going to mix it up all that much. That's what happened to Purdue. They got confused. Their young guards got confused against a team that was flying all over the place, trying to create havoc above anything else. 
And then that's what ended up happening. Fairleigh Dickinson, amazing coaching job by our yeah. man Tobin. Our man Tobin. Didn't this team win like four games last year? They won. Yeah, they won four games last four year. Four games Tobin last Anderson year. Comes and now from they're Division playing for two. the Sweet 16. They're yeah, playing for the Sweet 16. He comes from Division 2. He brings three Division 2 transfers up with him from the team that he played with last year. His starting backcourt is 5'8 and 5'9. They are uh they w- they they win the automatic bid from the Northeast Conference. And they don't even win the Northeast Conference tournament because Merrimack, who won the Northeast Conference tournament, is not eligible for the NCAA tournament. And then they become not only the team to land the biggest upset, John Martin, the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history, but the first 16 seed to win two games in the NCAA tournament. It's an unbelievable story. I'm so happy for Tobin. I've known Tobin since I was 18 years old. I played against Tobin when I was a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, and a senior in college. It's uh, it's awesome to see him having the success. And I'll tell you this, guys. What stands out so much to me is we all saw the viral clip, right? We all saw what Tobin said in the locker room. Where he wanted said, smoke. He got smoke. Yeah, I, I want Purdue to see this. He brought the smoke, this. bro. He brought yeah. it. Yeah, he wanted it. Like he said, I want Purdue <laughs> to see this. Every time I watch them play, I think that we can win. And then they went out and they won. I think that shows you the mindset, the 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 way that that team and that program views themselves and views what they want to accomplish. Right? They have there, there was nothing for them to lose. Yeah, they went out there and they played like they had nothing to lose. They played free. They played tough. They played hard and they played their game. They made it ugly. They got Purdue uncomfortable. And those Purdue guards, like Braden Smith, is going to be a terrific basketball player. He's got a long career in front of him. He's going to play for a long time, whether it's in the NBA, in the Big Ten, overseas, wherever. Same thing with Fletcher Lawyer. Great kids. But they just weren't ready for the fight like Fairleigh Dickinson was ready for the fight. And honestly, I think it's just as simple as that. When it came down to it, they got they got nervous because they were the one seed with everything to lose. And Fairleigh Dickinson didn't because all they had to do was go out there and run around. If they got 30-piece, everyone would be like, yeah, they're the 16 seed, whatever. Yeah, Field of 68 also presented by Underdog Fantasy Deposited. Underdog get a 100% match up to $100. Quick note on that. We're going to talk to Tobin Anderson. You got an exclusive interview with him right after the game went final that we're going to get to here in just a minute. But I, I, I don't know where you guys are on this, but I thought one of the one of the key observations was I saw a team in Kennesaw State earlier in the day have a double-digit lead on a top three seed in Xavier, and I, I, I couldn't help but sort of juxtapose and put together, you know, the, 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 the differences in approach. I saw in Fairleigh Dickinson a team that was not afraid, and, and maybe it wasn't going to work for them, in terms of going at Zach Eady every single time, but they weren't afraid to do it. They were like, we're going to take it, and you might block our shit, and you might send it into the fifth row, but we're going to bring it to you every time. Whereas with a team like Kennesaw State, you know, they got that lead, they decided they were going to babysit it. They were going to try to take that possession down to three, five seconds on the shot clock, whereas FDU, they pushed it every single time. They never changed the way they played, and they said, you know what, if we lose, we're going to do it trying to win. And I do think when you get into these tournament matchups, that can be the difference psychologically. Yeah. Absolutely. And they took, well, Kennesaw State took their foot off the gas. Fairly Dickinson, said they weren't quite in that position to where they could do that because I feel like they, yeah. they felt the only way they could score is if they got Edie away just a little bit. And even if they did get blocked, I mean, 5'8 and 5'9, they're used to getting blocked, I would assume. It's not going to bother them. But what was really impressive, guys, was, you know, Edie was Edie. Was Edie. What do you have, 21 on 11 shots and 15 or 14 boards? I don't have the stats right in front of me, but he was yeah. still Edie. It was just a matter of everybody else uh, yep. really pressuring those guards, f- figuring, the, figuring out different things. 
there was one possession towards it was in the last five minutes. Fairly Dickinson went out and trapped the top past half court on a sideline inbounds that Braden Smith's never dealt with that. Fletcher lawyers never dealt with that. This was stuff they'd never seen. So whenever you're in that position in the big 10, we go back to the big 10. Nobody plays like that. They play yep. against one small team all year and that's Penn state. And they don't, they're not as fast as what they saw today. That was the issue. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, doesn't play got- anything like this. John, they don't no. play anything like this. It's a completely different team. They just were, they were not ready for it. And this was something that we tried to make this point, right? Anybody that just watched that Memphis, Florida, Atlanta game and saw the way those two teams play mm-hmm. as hard as those two teams, that was a fantastic game, John. Sorry, I, I feel I feel for you, man. Trust me. I was give about me, to check on your like mental. 15 John. minutes, bro. All right. How's your mental, John? Like, I, I'm literally coming off. You guys don't give me, like, the players get cooling off periods. Not me. <laughs> I got to come in here. I got to do the talk about you guys. All right, you know what? Hey, John John needs a moment, guys. I'm going to I'm gonna step in here. I'm going to take over the, uh, the host Please. role, host duties. Let's get Please. to that interview with Tobin Anderson. Welcome on to the field of 68 after dark. The man of the hour, the coach that just etched his name into NCAA tournament lore, the first number. Number 16 seed to win two games in the NCAA tournament. Tobin, how's it feel, man? Feels pretty good, Rob. Feels feels fantastic. So it's, it still hasn't set in yet. You know, we we just played so well and played so so tough, and and I'm really so proud of the guys and what we did. But it's a it's an incredible, it's a monumental win. It's a it's, just, it's a historical win um, for a group of guys who you know they won they won four games last year. But you say you know that winning two games in the NCAA tournament that's something. But it's a team that won four games last year. I mean, that's more of a – that story to me is more incredible. I mean, who's come that far in one year? That's just a credit to the guys and, and um, you know, believe, believing and having faith. How do you – how did you get them to buy in like this, right? Like, how did you get them to the point where they went out there and – look, they were not scared. They brought the fight nope, to Purdue. Nope. How, like, where nope. is that just the guys you recruit? Yeah, I mean, they ever gave me crap about the, the locker room speech, and it's like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said what I said. But that's what that's what we believe. Like, Never take like, that back, man. That's, no, not look, I. I was telling people the other day, those players are going to run through a wall for yes. you. If you said that. Yes, and, and like it, it gives us a chance. You know, it, it makes us more on edge. Like, hey, we're we're not backing down. Like, we're not we're not afraid to to go play somebody. And I'm not sure I need to say because our guys are like that. But I get some belief around our program is like, let's go take on take on um, challenges and and uh, they're competitive guys and. And they played unbelievable tonight. I mean, I, I mean, we were the better team. And all respect to Purdue. I think Purdue's tremendous. I have a tremendous respect for Purdue. We were the better team for the whole game. It wasn't like we we didn't, like, surprise them or come from behind or do something. I mean, we were the better team. They made a couple runs, but we hung in there and just played played terrific. I know you're a confident guy, and I know that you believe in, in your style of coaching. But it is a 16 seed against the one. So when, when was the moment when you were like, okay, this game plan, like it's actually working. Like we're we're in this. We got a chance. We could do this. Even at halftime, like all right, it's fine. We play we play well for a half. At some point, they'll make a run, and they'll be we'll be in trouble. But about about four or five minutes to go, they just looked like they were hesitant on everything. They they weren't they weren't they weren't confident to take threes to handle the ball. You know, Edie was hurting us, but he wasn't he wasn't killing us. And like I said, in my press conference, there they um. He's the same. If they win, he scores 25. They lose, he scores 25. But the other guys, sometimes when they lose, don't play well. We did a great job on the guys around Zach Eady. Like the rest of those guys didn't hurt us at all. So, um, yeah, about about 
When when Sean Moore hit that three at the top of the key, that's the first time all night I thought we could win. That was the first. I don't know how much that was. Two minutes ago, when that shot went, I'm like, holy. I'm like, we could, we could, we're, we might win this game. You know, I'm like, I hadn't let myself think about that at all. One possession at a time. He made that shot. I'm like, wow, this is, we got a shot here, you know, don't screw it up. So you just pull off this incredible upset win, this incredible momentous, memorable win. And now you have to turn around and play again in 48 hours. And we're keeping you right now where you're supposed to be scouting the game. Like, how do you get your guys to kind of turn it around and refocus on the fact like, hey, you know what? You still got to play. Like, this job ain't done yet. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge as a coach. And that was a challenge for us uh, after, after the win on on um, on Thursday or yeah, it was Thursday, Wednesday. On Wednesday was we got to get ourselves back together again, get ourselves focused, and get ready to play a game. You know, 48 hours later, I thought we had a great prep from um, from that night to from Thursday and from Wednesday until uh, tonight. I have a great staff. They're small college guys. They're like they're like me and you, Rob. They're they're, they're D three guys. They're grinders. They they work. They're so good at what they do. And, um, you know, we started, we started on Purdue, um, you know, once the bracket came out and now we've already started on the other two teams too. So we'll be prepared. And our guys, now you got me, our guys are listening to us. They believe in us right now, which is great. They believe in each other. So that's a strong, strong thing to have, especially this time of year. So no, we will be, we'll be ready to go on Sunday. We'll be a little, bit, a little tired, probably a little worn down, but we'll get ourselves back up ready to go on Sunday. Well, Tobin, listen, congratulations, man. I really am so happy for you. I can't wait to watch your game on Sunday. Come along for the ride. I'll tell you what, my son, he's going to be an FDU fan. We were we were here chanting, watching that game down the stretch. Congratulations. No, go prep. You got a game to get ready for, man. Get out of here. No, man, I know. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks. Great stuff there, Rob. Exclusive interview that you can catch only on Field of 68 After Dark with the man of the hour, Tobin Anderson, after taking down the one seed Purdue, second time in NCAA tournament history, uh, biggest upset in terms of against the spread in the history of this tournament. So shout out to uh, you guys and Tobin Anderson for sure. But we have not talked a lot about the Purdue side of this. You know, we, we, we've given the flowers to Tobin Anderson and his team, which they deserve. But I don't think we've talked enough about the Matt Painter and the Purdue piece of this. So let's just go through this. 15 appearances in the NCAA tournament for Matt Painter. Eight top four seeds of those times when he was a top four seed, only one elite eight. You're supposed to get there mathematically when you're a top four seed. Only one time has it happened. He's lost to 11 seeded VCU, 12 seeded Little Rock, 13 seeded North Texas, 15 seeded St. Peterson, and of course tonight, 16 seeded Fairleigh Dickinson. So uh, let's just go with you, Rob. What do we make of Matt Painter and the trajectory of Purdue? under his watch um it's tough i i think a lot of it is and i, I referenced this last night to you and, and and you and goodman both told me i was uh worrying about it too early and drawing a conclusion i shouldn't be drawing mm. um that purdue plays a style that like isn't conducive to playing against smaller teams right there is no flexibility in terms of what they do they kind of have their own thing that they do right and if you can't if they can't find a way to, to to fix that, there's no versatility there, right? There's no there's no versatility in terms of the lineup that they want to play and the style that they want to play. Um, it's basically they got Zach Eady, they got this big, they put four guys around him. They're really good at being able to scheme ways to get those guys touches, and uh, they force you to have to send extra help and try to create a three pointer off of that. And if that doesn't, but the problem is, is like, what if that doesn't work? 
What happens when teams are able to spread you out? What happens when teams are able to cut off the access to that big guy? What happens when they're able to cut off the supply chain, man? Like we saw it with, with Arizona. Arizona plays a certain style. If you can find a way to take advantage of that style, space out the floor, like Tosin Awoma. How about that pronunciation, T.O.? You like that season? Very, very well done. Very well done. It just, I think a lot of it is just like a matchup-based thing. At the same time, I do think that this kind of this tournament to me sums up uh, why it's very difficult for me to draw overwhelming and overarching conclusions from a one-game knockout tournament. Yeah. Kihei Clark was the guy that choked away that win against uh, Furman in the first round of the tournament for Virginia, right? Kihei Clark was also the guy that made sure that Matt Painter has never been to a Final Four because he tracked down that offensive rebound against Purdue in the Elite Eight, and he made that pass to Mamadi Diakite, who turned around and made a floater that forced overtime after Tyrone missed a free throw uh, in the Elite Eight in 2019, and one of the best games I've ever seen. So I think it just kind of is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I... I hesitate to draw overarching conclusions beyond the fact that, like, their style, there's just not enough versatility in an age where versatility is king. Imagine if you're playing uh, college baseball and you play in a league where the pitchers are only allowed to throw fastballs and change-ups. And then you go to a one-game sample size, and the team you play throws knuckleballs and curveballs. That's all they throw. Like, that's a huge adjustment. I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that Purdue just hasn't seen him. I have complete faith that Painter would be able to figure this out if they just saw it more often, right? But the Big Ten throws you no curveballs. That's kind of where I, I, I'm at with this one. Do I think uh, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lurie could have figured it out? Yeah, I do. Yeah. However, they haven't seen it all year, and they're still freshmen. So how are you supposed to prepare for that? While I'm trying to give you analysis, TCU's going bananas too. So I'm doing my best to juggle everything right now because mm. this is an amazing day. Of- <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it really is. It really yep. is. I think uh, I think just a last point on this. Um, I, I, I think there's no excuse for Matt Painter to not recruit better guards than what he put out there tonight. I mean, I, I, I thought it was, quite frankly, embarrassing. For a, for a team that is the Big Ten champ, for a team that has a, a big man like Zach Eady, uh, who makes a guard's job as easy as possible. I don't know if he needs to hit the transfer portal a little harder. I don't know if he needs to change up what he's doing. But but when can I, I watch can him, I give you Can I give you one excuse and you can tell me whether or not you believe it's valid? I mean, because it, it's only going to be an excuse because they just lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. It, well, yeah, the, <laughs> the excuse is NIL. That's why he's. That's everybody's excuse. Everybody says, "Oh, but it we is. have no NIL Purdue, now." Purdue, yeah, I know, I know. That. But when it comes down to when you're when it comes down to your choice of, I can go to Purdue and I can make X. I go to this program and I can make three X. Step up, right? Step like he up. was. They, I they mean, need if you're to. a booster, are you tired of losing in the first round? Are you tired? This of, is the this of, is of the being perfect upset by double digit seeds, so you need to step the shit up. I mean, it's that simple. If NIL is a problem, make it to where it's not a problem. I agree. I agree. So, and, and and that's also Matt Painter's job. Right. And, and we could and we could obviously have this conversation, you know, all hour. Uh, but we do have other uh, schools and teams and wins that we need to get to, including, you know, that Undertaker gif where his hand comes out of the ground, buried alive. Maybe some of us, including myself, wrote Kentucky off a little too soon. They are alive. They are still dancing after a win uh, over Providence in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So. Take a break, come back, talk about that and a few other teams on the other side. You are listening to Field of 68 After Dark. We're here on YouTube. We're here on SiriusXM Channel 84, College Sports Radio. Back after this. 
Here, clear. We got the ad read, right? Let me tell you guys about says, our sponsor um, for today's episode, Athletic, Athletic Greens. Athletic I started Greens, taking AG1 a few weeks back. Cup, when we get in the right, middle of college hoop season, it can be hard for me to eat and drink as healthy as I probably should be, especially in late February and March when the schedule gets really busy. But I found that I've felt better as I've made AG1 a part of my daily routine. I take AG1 in the afternoons after the coffee is worn off and once the itis post-launch is kind of set in. And what I found, my energy levels are up. It's improved my digestion. And as a result, I'm not only more efficient and productive in the most important time of the year for me and for the field of 68, but I'm working out more consistently. I just feel better. AG1 is so much more than just a greens powder. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of the AG1 formula with water, and I drink it every single afternoon. Done. Just like that. I also like that it only costs $3 a day. The price is right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is the answer. They are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free! Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. That's athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. The link is in the description below. Check it out. Support the field of 68 and feel better about yourself. All right. Welcome back into field of 68 after dark. What a packed day here on the show. Who's going to meet Fairleigh Dickinson in the, in the second round of the NCAA tournament? That is going to be florida atlantic i feel like a, a a boxer that's just been like rocked in the in the in the last round of a fight because i can't even tell you how it happened <laughs> but memphis somehow despite having a, a possession lead late loses uh essentially at the horn and now it's it's florida atlantic uh against fairly dickinson in terms of this team you know maybe some people said they were a fraud maybe some people said that they didn't play anybody what did you think of the way they answered tonight against memphis Theo, you want to take that? No, I I just – I was able to catch the last four minutes, and it was like, you want to talk about hectic. I'm glad that – you know, I, I think the size of the big fella inside by FAU, he, he attacked the offensive glass like crazy. That that obviously hurt some things. But that last possession of the game, it was a simple backside screen to get somebody in the opposite corner. Like, it was a simple fundamental error. If he doesn't let that guy get base, get middle, there is no issue to begin with. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, and I'm not trying to generalize that because I have watched Memphis this year. I haven't watched them extensively this year, but it seems like there's always four or five plays a game to where it's like, if that was just a little bit cleaner, that seems to be the thing with Memphis. If they're just a tad bit cleaner, they're winning a lot more games and they're, they're winning a lot of games anyway. It's just now whenever it comes into crunch time and you play a really good team like FAU, like those details matter. Those three possessions really matter. That's kind of where it, it, it goes for me. But give credit to FAU. They, they've won, and they know how to win. And even though it went helter-skelter or whatnot there in the last four minutes, I thought DeAndre Williams played great. The last five or six possessions, like he was everywhere he needed to be. He gave them an opportunity to win, and then things just kind of fell apart. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll wrap it with this. Um, FAU has been the best mid-major team, the best mid-major story all season long mm. hasn't been covered enough because Jeff Goodman went to Charleston instead of going to FAU uh, but it's it's a good thing for the sport that a program at that level that has been as good as they've been 
is going to have a chance to beat a 16 seed to get mm. to the Sweet 16 and get to the second weekend. That's just a good thing, period, when you can have that kind of success and that kind of attention all year long and you end up being able to play on the biggest stage of the sport. And Frankie Collins just hit a massive three for Arizona State. Yeah, that's the thing. We have a ton of games going on still here late. Uh, Arizona State is sort of a darling here in the NCAA tournament. We do have some games that went final as I'm working through my own pain. You guys, the day the day that Bobby Hurley turned into a darling, he's kind of a darling. He's kind of a darling. I think Arizona State's a darling. You know, they're kind of cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like eleven oh. seed. So I'm about ten seconds behind you. That was a big time shot. Yeah. Uh, all right, a few more here. You guys are making me work through my, you know, discomfort on the air. It's not <laughs> easy to do. Yeah. How are you, man? I'm in pain, but you know what? I'm a battle through for you guys. You know, yeah. it's never, it's never, you know. What's your takeaway you? from the game? What's your takeaway from the game? Is it something that you've seen all year from Memphis? Is it something that it just hurts and it's just unfortunate? What is it? Real quick here. I'm just going to say it. I mean, it, the Memphis's best player cost them the game today with the turnover. Kendrick Davis threw that ball, uh, you know, inexplicably across half court with nobody there to catch it. And it ended in a turnover. And un- unfortunately, Memphis couldn't get the timeout. It was a possession. And it went back to FAU. And, and that's the game. I mean, one mistake this guy makes all year long. And it's the costliest. You know, you take that every time. You bring that kid in cam- on campus every single time. And Kendrick Davis, unfortunately, just, you know, ha- having never been to the tournament, didn't have that experience, kind of showed up in the worst moment there. And I-, I hate it for him, but we'll have a lot of time to sift through that. All right, a few more games we need to get to here uh, from the uh, from the Friday games. Kentucky is still dancing, 61-53. I don't know where Ed Cooley's mind was. Maybe it was in uh, the DMV. Maybe it was in the D.C. area, but Kentucky gets the win, 61-53. T.O., does this Kentucky team, dare I say it, do they have a chance to make a run now that we are in this month of March? I think a lot of it depends on – did uh, Kansas State pull away? I'm assuming they did. Yep. Yeah, Kansas State pulls away. That's going to be a heck of a ball game. Are they going to be able to guard those guys? And Antonio Reeves, I'm assuming a big shot just happened because I'm yeah. still behind. TCU but... just won with 1.5 seconds left. TCU Thank get you. out of here. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I'm still behind. Sorry. <laughs> YouTube uh, TV's latency. The yeah, Horn Frogs, baby. They got it done to Colby Coles. What a comeback. What a comeback. Yeah. Wow. Big time comeback. Um, no, Kentucky, they certainly have it. And and here's the deal. You know who's really stepped up since Kentucky's kind of figured it out? It's not Oscar Sheboy. It's not some of these other guys. It's not Kaysan not Wallace. It's Antonio Reeves. He was kind of the guy that we were kind of waiting. Is, is he going to be able to really score at that level? And beginning of the year, he he showed flashes of that. And then after, after that, like, he has really taken his game to another level. And I think it happened whenever Severe uh, got hurt. He was featured a little bit more. And as a result, he could be his normal aggressive self. Eight of 18 today, five and nine from three. He's changed the game. And he's doing so as the primary scorer with Oscar Sheboy, last year's National Player of the Year, having eight points and 25 rebounds. Think about that. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Rob, you love John Calipari. So this is like totally your chance to get on your soapbox and just profess your love to his team. I mean, look, he's he's figured it out. Yeah, we were we were very, very hard on him <laughs> earlier on this season, right? Very hard on him. And I do think that there is something to be said about the fact that they came into the year with the reigning national player of the year, um, top preseason top five team, 
and they're a six seed, right? That's not good. But there's also something to be said for the fact that this team did not look like they were an NCAA tournament team. They were a mess. They dealt with a whole bunch of different injuries, and they're still here playing as one of the top 32 teams in America with a chance to go up against a Kansas State team that, like, to be frank, not something, not a team that's going to be overwhelming. There, yeah. There's a very real chance that Kentucky can make it to the second weekend. I think they match up fairly well with this Kansas State team. And to be able to be in that position, like, you got to give the dude credit. It went bad on him, and he found a way to get to, to fix it and get it right. And if you get to the second weekend of the tournament, like, I don't think that you can criticize him all that much anymore. So, Jacob Toppin showed up, too. Yes. You know he what was- it was? Hey, you know what it was? I thought that Bryce Hopkins was going to be the one to show up and say, this is what happened. This is like, you ran me out of there. This is what I am now. Nope. Jacob Toppin let Bryce Hopkins know why his ass is up out of Lexington right now. Why he's up in Providence. Why, why he's up on federal Hill eating pasta home right now, waiting for Ed Cooley to tell him whether or not he's going to be back next season. Jacob Toppin is still playing. Do you guys see Ed Cooley's interviews afterwards? I didn't, no, I didn't, I, pushed I didn't away. see the post game. I saw everything leading up to it, which was incredibly awkward. Yeah, incredibly awkward. Incredibly awkward. I mean, which there's no easy way, right? There's no easy way to say I'm open to opportunities because I'm trying to get more money. If if at worst, I'm trying to get more money. Like what? What? You know what I mean? But it yeah. was awkward. It was awkward. Um, was. yeah. Um, hold on. I, Trevor, Trevor just told me we are contractually obligated to ask Rob about. Uh, the Huskies. <laughs> we're we're contractually obligated to to ask you about the UConn Huskies, who, in all fairness, in all fairness, handled business in the second half. And I mean, I don't know where you guys are at, but looked a lot to me like a team that could be playing in Houston if they put together halves like that. What'd you think, Rob? Yeah, I mean, it was really impressive. I think you saw everything that makes them special in the second half. Everything that makes them a national title threat in the second half and also in the first half all the questions that we have about you know is this team going to be able to avoid getting upset so it's you kind of got the full UConn experience um what I will say is there's two important things that happened in this game one Donovan Klingon started getting it going again right like he's been kind of up and down when he comes in he's all energy all intensity all action uh but I do think it's important to note that Adama the UConn's offense runs the best when Adama Sanogo is that pivot, that anchor, that guy where you can get those ball rotations. He can turn around. He can seal off. He can use that big old ass and create an angle for someone to just throw it in. Well, all he's got to do is catch it and lay it in because that's what he does better than anything else. He was he had 22 points in the second half. Iona had 26. That kind of sums it up right there. Two, Jordan Hawkins started hitting some shots. Like that dude – He's kind of banged up. Like he's playing through a whole bunch of different things. Like he's got an ankle. He's got a he's got a hip. He, he had a heating pad on his back after the game. He's a dude that is 185 pounds and will throw himself around and dive on the floor and go jump in and try to get a rebound with a bunch of guys that are uh, 50 pounds heavier than him. Um, he's got a lot of this right here. That ticker is working for him. Yep. Um, but when you when you when you are 185 pounds and you play the way that he does you could be a little bit more susceptible to getting kind of beat up. So to see him kind of get right and kind of get that confidence, but like it, it hit him hard when he, he missed a shot that should have put them ahead in the big East tournament in the game where they ended up losing to Marquette and to see him get a couple to go in and kind of get that confidence back in the second half is something that I think is really important uh, for UConn in this matchup with St. Mary's because they need him. 
I, I did. A, I had a. I got a whole. I got a whole fifteen minute rant up on the YouTube channel of the Top Dogs podcast. If you really want to hear me go in deep on this UConn team, this UConn win, go check it out there. We don't have to spend all of this time on uh, on After Dark. I, if you want me to spend thirty minutes on, I'll I'll go for thirty minutes, John. I want to know what To thinks UConn's ceiling is. I, w- I want to get like because honestly, we're flooded with Big East, you know, prognosticators and and talking heads on this network. You know, I want to I want to get it from somebody that's not you know, in bed with the big East to, uh, what's, I'm, re- what's I'm really interested. To see, I'm really interested to see how it goes next game with, against St. Mary's. Cause I think St. Mary's has two really, really good guards. And I'm curious to know how that goes, but it, today make no mistake. We could talk about Donovan Kling and we could talk about some of these other guys and, and they, and Klingon was great in the first half, but this was a Dama Sonogo's party and everybody was invited except for Nellie junior Joseph, who guys for all intents and purposes is, a smaller version of Adama Sanogo. He's the Mac version of Adama Sanogo. They're, they're the same guy. So he was able to overpower him. He was able to score. Uh, Walter Clayton's talented. Like he, he's a talented kid. He he might follow follow Rick if he if Rick decides to go. Like he can play. Uh, outside of that, I, I think one thing that could have happened today, and Patino has said multiple times he doesn't even know where St. John's is. Yada yada yada. All of that being said, if he had any doubts and he went through today's game and he played UConn, he realized, Hey, I, I'm not going to be able to get the kind of talent in order to beat UConn while I'm at Iona. I might be able to get that kind of talent at St. John's. So if I'm a St. John's guy, I, I, I might be pretty pleased with how this went because they hung in in the first half and then they just ran out of firepower. So I think that could be mm-hmm. something if you're a St. John's fan to look forward to, but this UConn team can win the whole thing. There's no question about that. Before yeah. we all got on, we asked which team from today impressed you the most. Rob's got an answer. T.O.'s got an answer. I've got an answer. We're going to reveal those answers. Who impressed us the most when we come back after this? You listen to Field of 68 After Dark on Sirius XM Channel 84 right there on the YouTube channel back after this. You're clear. So many games today. It's like it's overwhelming, bro. It's like, <laughs> I mean, John, Rob, you want me to? You want me to do the read? I'll do. I'm the happy read. To, if you you want me to do it. I got it in front no, of. No, I got. I got it. Look, look, hey, fellas. Today, my my bracket officially became busted, thanks to Fairleigh Dickinson and Purdue. But don't worry, because if you like me have a busted bracket, you get a second crack at this. Because Run Your Pool is hosting a Sweet 16 pool just for us. There's a $500 prize pool for the Sweet 16 Challenge. So you get to to compete against us again. And make sure to check out the Run Your Pool if you need to host any bracket challenges or Super Bowl pools. They have more than 50 game types for every sport that you can think of, from a traditional bracket pool to survivor games to head-to-head games to pick X games. And my personal favorite, John, squares. I know you're a big squares guy. The scoring is always customizable, and you could tailor your rules to your liking. So make sure you go to play.runyourpool.com backslash field68. That's field six eight. And get your picks in before the Sweet 16 tips off. Running it back, boys. We're running it back. The Field of 68 Bracket Challenge. Running it back. You just called me a square? <laughs> no, you, you don't. You no know squares? No, you said like, you know, you seconds. know all about that. You're a fucking big square. <laughs> <laughs> Should we touch, you, you want me to touch on Marquette? I know you have a, a, a contract with the Big East. Do you want me to hit Marquette? You can take Five Marquette. Five seconds. 
It's your it's your world, John. I'm just living there you in go. it. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. Hit that like button on the YouTube channel. Field of 68. Like, subscribe. We're going to take your questions in the afters. Rob said I need to be prepared to be doing this until what? What did you say, like uh, 4 a.m. or something? Yeah, we might go to 5 tonight. It was a wild day. <laughs> T.O., you good for 5 a.m., man? Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a yes man. I'm a, I'm a yes man with this company, John. I'm ready yeah, to go. No, I get it. No, it's fun, man. This is what it's all about. So we'll do that, uh, obviously, uh, in the afters here as soon as we wrap up the show. Uh, Indiana is, is polishing off, just as an update here, they're polishing off a win over Kent State. Uh, Kent State's battling, but Indiana looks as though they are going to get the job done here. We have not mentioned – you know, the Big East tournament champion, Marquette. So I don't know, Rob, if you wanted to, you know, I know you, you're focused on UConn, but 78-61, a lot of people sort of circled Vermont. They said this is the most likely upset here in terms of 15-2. Some people said historically in terms of the metrics, but it just really wasn't that much of a game, 78-61. Any statement made here by Marquette, Rob? only in the sense that, you know, Cam Jones went off. And, and when Cam Jones goes off, I think it kind of changes what they are. He scored 18, 18 straight points in the second half. Where's he from, John? Yeah, he, Tigers could use him tonight, huh? T.O. knows what's up. Bart was <laughs> definitely in the building. Yeah, the only other thing to keep an eye on coming out of this game is Tyler Kolek injured his right thumb. Um, he came back. He played. It looked like he was bothering him. It was bothering him a little bit. I don't think that it's going to be anything that is is – going to be uh significant but he definitely had it taped it definitely was bothering him in the first half and he only finished with eight points four assists and three turnovers as the uh first team all-american point guard that we had so i'm a little that's something that you want, probably want to keep an eye on but look big picture i'm very much in on this marquette team i am very much in on them their length their athleticism i think that they are better defensively than what their numbers in the metrics say i think they got two guys that could just shut you down stevie mitchell aka off night and uh, Omax Prosper. Uh, I, I'm very much in on this Marquette team. And look, I'm a shocker guy now. T.O., I know you played for him. Yeah. I know he recruited you. But I think I'm I'm the biggest shocker guy on this show. I don't know about that. I'm a pretty big shocker guy. But but he, uh, you know what, too? Those, they have two guys that will shut you down. And then they have three other really good position defenders. And like Kolek, he's playing the four against – or he's, he'll play the four defensively against guys that can't score sometimes just because like – he knows where everybody's supposed to be at. He, he, I mean, he plays defense intelligently away from the ball, and that helps, right? But I, I didn't think this was going to be cause for concern, mainly because it's two teams that play similarly, and Marquette just had more. I, I've seen both teams. You know, I, I called the America East Championship game. I saw Vermont. They were very good, but it was all five out. It was all simple action, and then guys just play. Marquette, somewhat similar. I, I didn't put similar. that together. You saw Marquette and UVM both cut down nets on the same day. The same day. Two different states. Within a, within within 10 hours of each other. Because you are an absolute psychopath, and that's why yeah, we love really you, T.O. I'll tell you what, though, guys. I got a hot take. He's right. I don't know if this is necessarily a scalding hot take. I think this is a fairly hot take. We'll, we'll uh, judge it. one that I've already locked into the Vaulted app. Um, I do think that Michigan State is going to give him a real fight on Sunday. I do think Michigan State has a oh, chance. It's going to be a great game. I don't. I don't think that's a. I, that does not in any way qualify as a hot take. By the way, okay, it's Izzo. It does not qualify. It's, it's Izzo. They, so their two guards have been playing great. Tyson Walker yeah. and AJ Hogar. I thought Joey Hauser was really good today. 
made a whole yeah. bunch of shots. Um, and, and like with Malik Hall, I think the key is going to end up being what they do with Maddie Sissoko, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you can play him in that game. Can you? Because Marquette's going to try to play five around the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Unless you're just going to park him in front of the, the, the bucket and kind of say, like, play Oso the way that teams play Andre Jackson and teams play Rajon Rondo. Right. I, I don't do think I don't I don't personally think Izzo is going to like, you know, Taylor no, doesn't do that. Yeah. Like he's going to roll with what works. And and I, like that is the that is the way that Michigan State operates. Right. Like they could they could be, you know, in terms of perception, mediocre, not as good down year. We get to this month. They're a seven seed. Boom. They're in the elite eight. And like nobody is surprised. And and that's where I'm at with them. Like, like that's just where I'm at, like perpetually. That's where I'm at with Michigan State. It'll, I mean, it just won't surprise me. Comes down to Joey Hauser too. Mm-hmm. Like, how's Joey going to play against Omax Prosper? That's the matchup to watch because you know both guard, both sets of guards are going to be good. Uh, I think Joey Hauser and Omax Prosper; those are the difference makers. And then also that five spot. Uh, how is Oso Iguodaro going to be able to hold up whenever he has to go against those dudes that are just crashing the boards like crazy at Michigan State? Like. That that's those are the two things that I'm really looking at. I, it, it's going to be a heck of a game. I, I'm not sure that qualifies as a hot take, Rob, because I it's feel not. like both it's teams really are not. really good. He was trying to like sound like Galaxy Brain, like oh, it, Michigan State might you know pull mm-hmm. it off. It's it's Izzo, like you know, impress me with like Fairly Dickinson can pull, can get to the Elite Eight. You know that that would impress me, right. Yeah, that would that would have been really impressive. I'm like I need sure I need you to have like that like their. I said Princeton can win. I, I said Princeton would win. <laughs> yeah, you did call that. You did call Princeton. I called that Princeton. That, win. That, that, yeah, you're clear. Okay, you're clear. Yeah. That's all so, I need. I just need the only thing I need in my life is approval from John Martin. <laughs> in fact, that is why I was brought here. I was brought here to give validation, right? To 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 takes that I validate. You know, yeah. I, I I don't think Michigan State qualifies. Uh, did did want to get, however. Each of your most impressive wins from today, Rob, we'll start with you. Who's win? I mean, is it obvious? Is it is it just going to be FDU for all of us? It, pr- it probably should be. Well, I'm going to disqualify FDU from the conversation, and I'm going to disqualify UConn from the conversation simply okay. because we already talked about them. Yep. I'm going to go with the team that we're watching right now. I'm going to go with Indiana, right? Like, Kent State's tough, dude. Yeah, they're good. Kent, Kent State's a team. They gave Houston a fight on Houston's home court, and they should have beat Gonzaga in Spokane and and Indiana, a team that's been kind of uh, much maligned. Maybe is that the word? Like they've struggled. They've been inconsistent. They've had a lot of people question them. It's the big 10 and nobody trusts the big 10 rightfully. So, and they come out and it, it was never really in doubt, right? Like Kent state right. hung pretty tough. And to be fair, sincere carry looks like he's a little bit banged up. I know he hurt his knee in uh in the shoot around today he knocked knees with somebody and he's five for 18 from the floor, but I bet, um, bet Cinderella was ready to kill somebody. Yeah. yeah. Are you was. kidding me? <laughs> but like Trace Jackson Davis, 24 points, 11 boards, five assists, five blocks. Race Thompson played well today. Miller Cop hit some shots. And they didn't even really get all that much from Jalen Hushafino. Like this is mm-hmm. just I, I I've said it since about mid uh mid-February that I think that Indiana, if they play their best, can win four games and can get to the final four. I think that they are good enough to do that because they're gonna have the best player on the floor every single time that they take the floor. With Zach Eady out, Trace Jackson Davis is the best player in the country right now. And they have a point guard that can go out and win a game for you. He beat Purdue twice when he was the best player on the floor. Jalen Hutchfino did. They got guys that can make shots. Like, I just wanted to see a good performance from him, mm-hmm. T.O., and we got one. 
Yeah, we good. got one. Yeah, and Trace Jackson Davis, like he had five blocks. Kent State had nothing. He controlled everything inside of eight feet. Everything. Like yeah. he 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 blocked five. He probably altered seven or eight more. Like wow, he man. had that kind of impact on the defensive end. Uh, if I'm picking a team uh, who is most impressive, guys, Pitt beat Iowa State 59 to 41. Mm-hmm. Like Pitt was good today. And the 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 Diaz Graham brothers, like those guys, they look like two uh, Spanish tarantulas. Like they're so skinny and they're running around blocking shots and, and and they're not talking trash or anything like the rest of the guys on that team. But like they just do their job and they they, they contest, they hedge, they talk. They're you know they try to, but it's like it, they, all right. I have, I have a serious question for you guys. I, I I want I want an honest answer from both of you. When did you realize that there was two of them? I because for me it was like a month ago. No, I, I, I just I, thought I, that there was like a guy named Diaz Graham. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't realize there was two of them until a month ago. <laughs> I, I only knew there were two of them because of those previews that I do at the yep. beginning of the year. That That's the only reason. But yeah, the, the, he, and they don't play together a ton, but he put them out there together some. One of them can mm-hmm. shoot. The other one's more of a, you know, board man. Like it's, it, it's a fun group to watch. But it, for them to rock fight it out with Iowa State and hold them to 41 points, I mean – you know, Iowa State's not a scoring dynamo, but at the same time, 41 points is 41 points. And yep. they did it while scoring. And, you know, Nelly Can I Cummings, give you one more team that really impressed me? And you guys are probably going to laugh at me when I say this, but Xavier. Kansas State is like, – they're not. that's not a bad team, right? And Xavier was getting their ass kicked for 30 minutes. It was embarrassing. Like They, they were just seem out of sorts right now. Yeah, they were. They were doing I was, that thing where they were pissing out on their legs, right? Them. I, I was more like, you know, they 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 should feel lucky that they're still alive in this tournament. Exactly, but they were down by fifteen, yeah. and they kind of said, like, all right, look, yeah, enough of this shit. I'm yeah. Kobe Jones. Terrell uh, Terrell Burden is not scoring anymore. I'm shutting yeah. you off. You're done. You're not scoring anymore. They stopped him. They found a way to get it going. They hit a couple shots and they turned it on. And they ended up beating the Kansas State. Like that's a good team. Kansas State's a good team. But they, but again, they're supposed to win that game. You know, For like sure. it's not supposed to be that dramatic. I'm going to real quick before we get to break, I'm going to shut, I'm going to shout them out. Baylor, Baylor beat the big West champs in, 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 and honestly, they were down at the half. They handled them in the second half between Flagler and, and, and Cryer and Keontae George, who didn't have the best game. Baylor's a team that nobody's talking about, but if that team heats up, we're going to be. We're going to be. I thought the way they handled them in the second half was just like professional, honestly. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm going to give a hat tip to Baylor here because I, I thought the way they came out in the second half, you know, again, not much discussed because they've kind of been up and down the last couple of months. But I think that's still a team that's very, very de- – I mean, this is Scott Drew's time now. Like, don't forget. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Baylor a bone here. I was very impressed the way they handled that in the second half. All right, we're going to come back. Bottom line, the entire day as all these games are going final now and wrapping up here in uh, a, a beautiful day, a super packed day of NCAA tournament college basketball. We'll come back. We're here on Field of 68 After Dark. Catch us on SiriusXM, Channel 84, College Sports Radio, and on YouTube back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, John, I got a question for you. Do you ever get tired of trying to prove that you were right? Of trying to prove that you won an argument? That your takes on 92.9 FM ESPN in Memphis, they weren't hot, that they were just correct? Never. You never get tired of that? Well, I got got, got a way that you can make sure that you're never going to have to prove that ever again. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and all your hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest one on the field of 68. Honestly, it's not that hard to do. Uh, But Vaulted is also releasing more than 50 pools over the course of the next three months, both NCAA tournament and uh, NBA playoffs. We're actually going to have our uh, our own sponsored pool in there at some point. Um, so download the app at the link in the description below and sign up for your three-month trial and start storing your predictions now and forever, John Martin. Kansas State Final forever. Four. Kansas State go. Final Four. Motherfucker. That's my ball <laughs> to take. You like that? Emaw. Emaw, motherfucker. That's what I would put in that ball. Hey, do you know how many people don't know what emo means? Can you please explain to them? Every man a wild cat. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Ten seconds. Purdue gone. It's 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 them or Duke. It's them or Duke. Yep. Five. Here you go. Welcome back to Field of Sixty Eight After Dark. We're here on Sirius XM Channel Eighty Four. Catch us on YouTube. We're powered, of course, by Bet Rivers and our friends at Underdog Fantasy. You know, there is some fallout, right, with the, as we bottom line the entire day, there is some fallout with the one seed. Maybe they're, they weren't as perceived as strong as the other one seeds, and I think that's fair, but they're still a one seed. What does it mean for the rest of the region, fellas, that Purdue is gone? Rob, we'll start with you. It, look, I think it means a lot for Memphis and FAU. Well, not Memphis. Well, Memphis is, I mean, one Sorry, last John. fucking needle. No. You had to do no. it, didn't you? <laughs> Memphis lost, man. They're done. <laughs> uh, I think it means a lot for FAU um, because they're going to have a chance to get to the Sweet 16 now. A, a better chance than, I think, playing Purdue, uh, with all due respect to Tobin and to, to Fairley Dickinson. Um, but honestly, like, I had Memphis beating them in the second round. Yeah, and if too. Florida Atlantic, like I still think that Florida Atlantic would beat Purdue. I just think that both of those teams are terrible matchups for them because they can do what Fairleigh Dickinson does. They just do it at a higher level with better, better athletes and older guys that don't, or that aren't five foot eight, that aren't little Gary Parishes running around out there. Um, wow. I mean, 
I mean, that was a stray right there. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I still think, <laughs> and look, both of you guys, some of you think this is crazy. I think Duke's the best team in that bracket right now. Like, with the way that they defended Oral Roberts, I was I was so impressed. Tio, we talked about this last yeah. time. I was yeah. so impressed with Derek Lively. I, I think it's going to end up being um, Marquette and Duke playing in the Elite Eight for the right to go to the Final Four, and I would not be shocked if either of those teams won. Yeah, I, that's who I have in the. That's who I had in the Elite Eight to begin with. But I, I thought, I thought Memphis was going to beat Purdue. Just a pour a little salt, just a little okay. bit of salt there hey, for hey, you, Mr. Martin. Numb, you know. So go ahead. <laughs> but no, it was uh, no. I I didn't have this Purdue team going very far because guards win, and it, gosh, it, it, nothing um, screams that like tonight. I, I think that's that's for certain. Guards certainly win, and, and mistakes by the guards can also cost you. Which is what happened with uh, Kendrick. What's happened with Kihei yesterday? Uh, yeah, so you look at you look Two at that costly turnovers. Yeah, costly turnovers by what's perceived to be the, some of the best point guards in college basketball. So think about that too. I mean, it, it's it's a uh, tough sledding all the way around. Those guys have a lot on their shoulders, but I, I think Duke's the best team uh, in that bra- in that in the East bracket. Uh, so much size defending. John's done a terrific job. Like if I were across the street from Duke, I'd be jealous. Because man, he continues to to you know tinker with his roster, tinker with matchups, mess around with defenses. And they're and, bought and in, TO. They're bought in. Like they're bought uh, in. We don't need to we don't need to rehash the entire show from last night, but they're bought in, man. They're yeah. fighting. They're good. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you guys this. So I I don't know. Did you what you watch the entire Miami Drake game, right? Yeah. I I thought I, Miami played like shit for like 35 minutes. And they still found a way to win, and they still found a way to advance. Like that is honestly, that's a good sign for me because they are much better than what they were for about the first thirty-five minutes of that game. I, I hear you, and you're right. Like to, to to will their way to a victory was like very impressive. I do have major concerns though, and I think you saw it in this game in particular. I mean, if they ever see a team with any real size, and they're going to Dude, in you physicality. Would be yeah, man, like it's gonna be really hard for them. Like I like their offense, but I just I don't trust them against any team with a with a competent or you know good big man. I just don't. Man, I'm telling you, Norchad Omir, I don't know how he does it either. I, I really don't. I, I was shocked at whenever he was whenever he was matched up with some bigs. Armando yeah. Baycott, like he held himself up fine. Like I was shocked. He's only about six seven, but the dude's a bull. Yeah. I don't know how he does it, but. He he's he actually does a pretty solid job uh, on opposing bigs. So is he? Does he have two ankles right now? Like are, are that's, we, no, that's, that's the hang that's up. Fair. I mean, that's the hang up because but, now he's got to guard Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, a good good night, bro. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, Trace is going to do what he does. I mean, that like in terms of that matchup, it's gonna it's gonna come down to Hood Shafino and Race Thompson and all. Like he's going to have thirty and fifteen no matter what. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Omir has nah. some Trevor Booker in him. They let the, yeah. he let this both, kid both and I have dudes, a career high on him. This those are the two, those are the two most explosive dudes in college basketball. Like nobody, nobody can can get lift like those two can get lift. Like they, they're just one of them is going to dunk on the other one, and the other one's going to dunk on the other one, and we're going to go crazy, and there's going to be wild highlights. I'm really excited for that game. I'm yeah. really excited for the entire second round. Like it, it, we there yeah. are so many good games on Saturday and Sunday. Like yeah. so many good games. Yeah. What was I mean? So what's the what's the what's the premier matchup then? What's the what's the best matchup you've got for the next round then? I mean, as I mean, because now we're in preview mode, right? I mean, that's exactly kind of what we're in now that the first round is complete. 
I mean, can I just say the entire schedule tomorrow? Like, it's it's going to be so good. Honestly, the least the game that I'm least interested in. Uh, sorry, Bob. I hope you're not listening to this. I hope that you're studying uh, film right now. I hope you're watching and and researching San Diego State. But like, Furman San Diego State is just kind of like okay. I'll watch Furman again. That's I'll like I'm gonna be honest with you. That's not for To. You're gonna you're not for To, but for like a lot of us, it's gonna be nap time. You know what I mean? That's like when you. <laughs> That's like when you spend time with the kids. <laughs> well, it's a standalone, so that's it. That's that's. Yeah. I guess that kind of kills that. It's a standalone at twelve ten. That's smart. Uh, uh, but like the the Duke the Duke Tennessee game. Um, I'm I'm. I think Duke's going to win that game by like fifteen. I think yeah. Arkansas beats Kansas tomorrow. I think Princeton's got an actual okay. shot against Missouri tomorrow. You're just going to slide by that. Arkansas just beats Kansas tomorrow. He's going to like move yeah. on from that. I've been I've been on that uh, I've been on that all week. I said that on the very first show that we did. I've said that fifteen yeah. times that Arkansas is going to be Kansas. To me, it's just as likely they lose by thirty, but go off Kansas. Yeah, no, it could. Yeah. It really could happen. Like, <laughs> it really could happen. You're not lying. John's not John's not big on the SEC. I I mean, like, fair. I'm, yeah. I'm big on Alabama. I will say that. Like Alabama is the team that like their road is ridiculous in terms of their their path. Who's stopping them? Hey, I'm telling you, uh, underrated game tomorrow, Auburn-Houston. Not underrated. Not. Oh, man, I got that one circled. Yeah, underrated game. But it, well, compared to what a lot of people are going to be watching. Like, Can you imagine Imagine having a team where you don't have your two best guards? Or at the very minimum, your two best guards are not completely healthy. And then you got to go deal with Katie Johnson <laughs> playing in Birmingham. I love that guy. As a team from Alabama. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll I, send I, up a couple of Harry Mayo's for. I think uh, I'm Jamal like shit right now. I think I'm in the minority on this. Like, if those two dudes are playing, which they say they are, I feel like we're completely dismissing like one of the best teams in the country for Auburn, who is as volatile as they come. You know, like all of, are we supposed to like all of a sudden believe Auburn is this great team? I'm no, out. but because they are so volatile, you can get the good end of volatile. You could you in could. a one game sample size. But come on. I mean, we're talking about a neutral side here. Houston-Auburn. And I believe Houston's five and a half right now. Minus five and a half. I'm sure that's the number at Bed Rivers. I mean, I can't possibly take Auburn at that right now. If you're telling me Shed and Sasser are playing, come on, man. We're losing the plot here. Kelvin <laughs> Sampson, disrespect here. <laughs> you know what you sound like right now? You sound like the a guy that's been on the wrong end of some uh... – Kelvin Sampson, Molly Wappins in your day. <laughs> Many times. Hey, you know, you know you know who else has? Everybody else that's in the country. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that you know what? That's the beauty of this tournament, you know, is that we get to find out. We get to find out, you know, tomorrow and and, and on Sunday, you know, uh, all these all these different matchups. And 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 again, I just think that's I think that's one, you know. <clears throat> Where we're, we're probably overlooking a little bit here, but I, I they are different without Sasser, and that's and that is uh that is completely fair in terms of wrapping it up here as we get out of here before the afters. Um, any parting thoughts of of the day that we have not touched on, Rob, and anything that we haven't hit yet that's just burning on you right now? Well, I have I have a lot more extended thoughts on this, but I do want to talk about Gonzaga and St. Mary's and what the West Coast Conference has been and. Creighton looked really good today, guys. Yeah, they did. Baby T went off. Baby T had 32. Baby D was dunking on people. Baby T was blocking people at the rim. Baby T was going nuts and punching chairs and 
he had himself a day, a full day today. Yep. And Creighton was in control for like the majority of that game. Yeah. Right. Like that was, it, it never felt like Creighton wasn't winning. So we got to get to that one. Tio, one minute. Any anything uh, anything that's burning on your brain right now before we get out of here? Nothing really. I mean, outside of just a day full of great games, another day full tomorrow. Um, Tosan Oboma, like that. That's going to be another great yep. like matchup for him. Him and Kobe Brown, Princeton. Can they do it again? Um, I'm a big Kobe Brown guy. That's going to be a great game. Just so much. There's so much going on. I think Alabama rolls. It's just there's so much going on. There's so many good games happening. Creighton looked fantastic at times. And uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner, if there is no doubt, he is that dude. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been uh, this edition of Field of 68 After Dark. We're going to the afters now. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 10 o'clock Central Time. See you then in the afters. We clear? Yeah, you're good. Trevor. Let's hear a commercial first. What do you say? Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college <laughs> yeah. basketball. Dude, you pushed him too where you can get a little extra sweat during March Madness and win Just real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's games. In Pick'em, all you do is predict whether a player will go higher or lower on underdog's projected totals, whether that's points, rebounds, whatever. For example, if you're like me and you think Zach Eady is going to go nuts in this tournament, pick higher on his points projection, add up to four more picks, and if you hit them all, you can win 20 times your money on a single game. Underdog's slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured it out. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, F-I-E-L-D, and Underdog will match your deposit up to 100 bucks. Now is the time to get in on the madness. So remember, underdogfantasy.com, promo code FIELD. All right, chat question time. Leg out. Needless to say, we have a lot. Um... I like this one from Kyle to kick us off with a little icebreaker. Should the tournament be expanded next year so that Purdue can lose to a 17 no. seed? No. <laughs> no. You didn't let me finish the joke. <laughs> that was no. a good one. What, no. what, what was? Hold on, hold on, Rob. What'd you say so we could lose to a what? Kyle said, "Should Purdue or should the tournament be expanded so that Purdue can lose to a 17 seed next year?" That was the question. <laughs> Just to fully encapsulate all, all their feelings, I like that. I like that that idea. I hate the idea of expanding the tournament. <laughs> exactly. Um, Steven asked, "Should Zach Eady come back?" What are your thoughts on Purdue next year? If they don't get that NIL situation figured out, Zach Eady's in the portal, baby. Tell him, John Martin. Oh, no. Zach Eady will never transfer. That's what Rob said. Rob said, Zach Eady will never transfer. NIL situation is so bad. I mean, that's a great NIL situation. But Zach Eady will never transfer. Because he doesn't think, like, he he thinks, he legitimately thinks that he owes, like, Matt Painter everything that he has for his basketball career. Because Matt took a chance on him and worked with him and kept having people deal with him even when he wasn't good. So he will never transfer. He might go pro. If I was Zach Eady's handler, I'd be like, bruh. 
You he wouldn't have a handler. He didn't start playing basketball. There are guys that play in the Sweet 16 or anything like that, bro. Like, I mean, Final Four, anything. Hey, John, John, I kid you not. DeAndre Williams. Baylor tried to give him a job, too. No, DeAndre like Williams was in his first sophomore season when Zach Eady played his first <laughs> season of <laughs> basketball ever. Why you gotta go? Why you gotta go there, man? Because like, uh, he's 30. You gotta say his first he's sophomore Because he's, he's older than you. Everybody's you got a How old are you, John? John, how old are you? Uh, 31. He's yeah, close. DeAndre, DeAndre Williams is older than you. He's oh, hey, they were in elementary school at the same time. Uh, there's been a lot of drama in Memphis over DeAndre's age. I've had I've had calls with uh, certain national broadcasters about the controversy there. So it's been a it's been a hot topic. A very How many years is he now? Like he got here in twenty the COVID year. So he's this is his whatever that is third season, and he played two before that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't need to expand the tournament. There's too many bad teams as is. Honestly, right? Like. No, like if you expand the tournament, then you lose this. You lose what we just got tonight. There's with, no question. Fairly Dickinson taking down Purdue. It's, it's like, too, how like, awesome was that? You lose they, that if that's gone. You lose the Princeton. You lose Princeton getting beating Arizona. Like that, that goes away. And part of what makes game. the tournament so special, I think, is like there is still an element of exclusivity to it, right? Like there still is a, you know, like you got to make the field. And yeah. if you expand that shit to '96, it's like. You diminish your regular season by tenfold, honestly. Who Look, cares here, about Honestly, I think it's hilarious players. whenever you hear coaches are like, coaches are like, we need to expand it. Oh, like, yeah, no we shit. Know they want to guys, expand guys, it. Here's you the guys answer. want to expand it because you keep your job. Yeah. Here's, here's the answer. Here's the answer. Here's what we do. Um, this, this, is, this is the best way to do it. To make it fair, then you just create a system where you invite everybody into the tournament, right? You make sure that everybody has a chance to get there. But to keep it organized – Instead of having one big bracket, what you do is you just play like a knockout tournament with the teams from your own conference first. And whoever ends up winning the the the, the bracket for your own conference can get invited to the bigger bracket. That's just a way to keep it nice and easy, right? But the way to make sure that you always have the, the best teams there because, of, look, they're going to be the biggest draws. You don't want just one ACC team. Is you create this, this like pool of at-large teams to be able to bring them in. And so get a set number of at-large teams, and everybody plays through their own conference brackets, and that way everybody's got a, ch- a chance. Everybody is invited to the tournament. All you got to do is win the bracket in your conference tournament, right? Like everybody's there. That's that's the answer. That's how we fix this thing. Sounds like exact the way you explain that that's sounds like what exactly. It is. What oh, really? Right is that exactly what it is right yeah. now? Oh, oh I get Fine. it. I get it. All right. I get what I you're ask, doing. Can now. I ask a question for the chat? Go for it. So, how come y'all changed my picture up on the uh, on the preview? Like, what's going on there? Like, every time, every you know, every time I see the preview for everybody else, is it's the same? Y'all, y'all just didn't like the old picture or some shit. <laughs> That's actually on me. I just googled your name and grabbed the first oh, Google okay. image I could find. I, I just feel like we need to get we need to get a uniform picture of me. We need to pick one. I don't care which one. We just need to pick one. That need to be. A I think we just. Time. You look good in the one tonight. You look. Good. I like. You got like a I like the one there. Tonight. You're actually yeah. smiling instead of you know looking like you just finished smoking eight Newports. That's tonight. Anybody got a black and mild? I need to ask my wife. If you sleep, I need to ask my wife. You got a black and mild? Y'all ain't even, y'all ain't even let me get my shit out about Memphis. Do it right now. Hey, look. T.O., clear out. Clear out. I'm giving it an ISO. Giving the ISO. So, go ahead. Go ahead, well, John. I Talk mean, your shit. Look, I, I thought, A, Memphis was the better team. I do believe that. I really, truly do. Especially when you think about the first, you know, 10 minutes of that game. FAU had 25. They were hitting everything from three. Memphis made the adjustment there. 
I feel like Pity has gotten this unfortunate. And this sounds like this sounds so stupid because Mip has lost the game. And I and I I totally acknowledge that. But Penny has gotten this label, you know, partly because of people at this network who are to blame for it uh, as a bad coach. And it's like it's like insidious, like it's just stuck. I think Penny's actually a really good coach. Um, and, and if you look at the percentages after that first 10 minutes, you know, Memphis clamped down on FAU's threes. Like that's the way they win games. And they had to win. They had to win by scoring 68 tonight or what a 67 or whatever it was. Like that's not typically how they win games. But, you know, it's it, it, at the end of the day, like, you know, you recruit a kid to come here, not turn the ball over because that's been what's plagued you your entire tenure here. And what happens? What happens in March? You know? Like, it's just, it, 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 it's like you become, you know, a lot of times uncharacteristic, like things that may, you, you may be for, for 85, 95% of the year, you may be one thing, but you get to this month and it's, it's not cliche. It's like the truth. You know, you can have an out of body experience to the good or to the bad, you know, like you can have a, 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 a crazy day where if you're a bad three point shooting team, you can come in and you can go 60%. Or if you're a, a guy that never turns the ball over, which Kendrick never does, you can have a or 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 Clark there for Virginia, right? He's one of the steadiest guys in the entire country. You know, you just lose your mind a little bit, you know. And I do think that is what makes this tournament so great is because you truly you don't know, you no. don't know. It's the it's like you can say you know. You don't know. You don't know how you're going to act in that moment. You don't know if the free throw is going to go in. You don't know if a guy's going to turn the ball over, shit the bed. I mean, we knew Purdue was going to do that at some point, but we didn't know it was going to be tonight. <laughs> you know. So no, I mean, again, it's it's. Uh, I think I think uh, you know. Overall, Memphis it has a lot to be proud of. They won the AAC championship. They won the tournament. Like, I don't know where the program goes for here. From here, that's a separate conversation. Like, how is Penny going to reload with Mikey Williams and those guys coming? Hey, in? Do those do those teams leave the Big Twelve? Yeah, Houston's gone, Cincinnati's gone, UCF is They're gone. They're going to dominate that league. Well, UAB's coming in, FAU is coming in, um, North Texas is coming in. Like, it's actually slick, good. It's yeah. a better league than than. I mean, you'll know because you you know you'll probably be like calling games and shit, you yeah. know. But but the, the majority of the league, or, or excuse me, the the, the country is going to think it's a bad league. It's actually better than most people will give it credit for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Memphis should be at the top. We'll see though. I mean, it's going to be about roster management, you know, Kendrick and Deandre are gone. So we'll see how Penny rebuilds after that. You got to hit. The I thought it was hard. interesting that he, he didn't do well with the Imani Bates experience. So what does he do? He goes and gets Mikey Williams. <laughs> Dude, that, that is, that is, I, I think that is going to go horribly. <laughs> I do. I don't know. I like, because here's the problem. This kid comes in, and by the way, this would apply whether it's if, – if Mikey Williams went to Kansas, I would say the same thing. Yeah. This kid comes in, and any kid like him comes in, has this Instagram following of a million people, has, has you know, these endorsement deals and these shoe deals with Puma, et cetera. Like, how are you going to tell that dude how to play? How are you going to tell that dude when to play? You know, and, and what's going to happen when you butt heads and he can just say – fuck this, I'm going to, like, just not play, you know, for the rest of the year. I'll just go, like, stack paper on the side and work out and get drafted in the, you know, late first or whatever it is, like, you know, and, and make money in the meantime. It's a new it's a new age. Mikey Williams is not just about Memphis. Mikey Williams is about college basketball 
when you're bringing in these new age kids. It's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. What we got, Trevor? Memphis, as much as John Martin loves Memphis, but we got they're done. They're done. <laughs> Stick a fork in them, John Martin. They're done. T.O. playing point guard, ushering us on here. Um, somebody in the chat did ask this, and I'll lead us into the conversation about this game with this. What did you guys make of Baby T and Calc going back and forth in that game today with Creighton and NC State? I was I was so impressed with Creighton. I was so like I've, I've been I've been relatively high on them, and I thought that this was the matchup that that was going to get them right. But what, what did I say over and over again, T.O.? Playing that drop coverage that Cal plays, and you're going to let Baby T cook, and you're going to yeah. let Jarkel Joyner cook, and they combined for 45 points, and it was never a sweat. You know why? Does anyone know where DJ Burns was? Have we seen him? Did he show up for the game? Was he, he was there? A, he was erased. Yeah, he was erased. Cal Brenner had uh, what did he finish with? Thirty. He couldn't keep up either. Like yeah, he had 31, seven on 11 for 14 from the floor, two assists. Three blocks. He actually committed three fouls, which is is pretty high for him. But yeah, uh, DJ Burns is sitting there right there in Ryan Kalkbrenner's pocket. He just he was incredible in that game. Incredible. He's got big pockets. Uh, he he couldn't keep up, and because he wasn't fast enough, like he got in foul trouble. Yep. And one of five from the field is just not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Baby T got twenty seven rocks up. I'm jealous. But he was he, he was he was aggressive. He he was aggressive. He, guys, that's what he does. He's wired to score thirty two points on twenty seven shots. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of shots. Um, and the team only scored sixty three. So it makes it tough for the rest of the guys. I thought Jack Clark had opportunities, couldn't knock him down. Jarkel Joyner five of eighteen. That's not going to work. They just on, on a game where they really needed their guards to be good. They just they struggled hitting shots. And I, I'm throwing. Baby T into that mix too, because twelve of twenty-seven, that's a lot. All right, who you guys got, Baylor or Creighton? Because that is another fascinating, fascinating second-round matchup. Who you got, John? Baylor, big nuts. <laughs> I'm going Creighton. I, I I think Baylor is. I think this is a look. NC State as 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 Tio laid out, like they're a team that's as we've seen all year long. Like they're gonna live and die with T, like, and they can have games where they just put ninety up on you, and and they just run away from you. But I just think Baylor's tough. They're tough, and 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 Creighton's used to that in the Big East, you know, and that, and that and that's totally um, a, a fair thing to point out. But I think if Baylor gets into a situation where the guys are getting their shot, like Criers getting to where he wants to get on the floor. You know, Flagler makes these timely shots. You know, their big guys can kind of push Cockbrenner around a little bit. Creighton lost Mason Miller earlier today, so their depth is really going to be a problem. Baylor goes a lot deeper than Creighton does. Like, I, I just think this is a this is a pretty pretty good matchup as these second round games go for Baylor. So I'm I'm rolling with Baylor here. I'm going with uh, Creighton because Cockbrenner is a dude. And they're going to be able to sit up high on those guards, make them drive. And even when – here's the thing. If you're guarding somebody that loves a step back, like Keontae George loves a step back, if you just sit in his pocket the whole time and you're okay with him going by, it changes the way he has to play completely. Like, he has no rhythm shot anymore. And I, Trey Alexander's a really good defender. Like, really good defender. Arthur Kaluma, when he feels like it, he's really right. good. I, I think they have – at the three and four position, I think Creighton has a significant advantage uh, just from a three and four spot 
but like you know Baylor plays three guards you get, you, you get what I'm saying like bigger like forward types um guards Baylor has that advantage but I, I'm telling you it's going to limit their effectiveness with how Kyle Brenner plays they're going to have to hit shots going towards the rim over a seven foot one guy and he's every bit of seven foot one. I think I've, I've changed. I've changed where I sit on this game completely after seeing what Creighton did against, how, yeah. like how good they were defensively against Baby T and, and Jarkel Joiner. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Creighton ends up winning this game. I will be betting on Creighton. What do you think that line's going to end up being, John? I'm sure it's already posted, right? I don't. I'll get a. I'll check. I'm assuming it's going to be where. What? What? What number three, do you need to take? I would guess three, three and a half. Yeah, Baylor. I mean, I, I, would, I would assume it's pretty close, though. I would assume they'd keep it within a possession, you know. Wow. Creighton I mean, I, plus one. Creighton's plus one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honey, we're going to have to take a HELOC. <laughs> yeah. That's going on Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. That's the, that's the HELOC. wins. That's the HELOC, man. No, right, what, about, what about the WCC, guys? What about the WCC? Let me find that on my bracket here. You got you have Gonzaga <laughs> will be playing TCU. Let's start with Gonzaga first. Man, they, I think they worried me at the beginning of that game. Yeah, they did. Took them a second started, to get going. Started to feel like one of those like patented Gonzaga performances again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So who who'd you say Gonzaga played? Man, my bracket's everywhere right now. TCU. <sighs> Give me TCU. Kind of there too. I'm feeling kind of there too. If TCU is feeling sexy. Wow. They get out. They have the guard advantage. Then they have some guys that can at least try with Drew Timmy. I think Drew Timmy's a dude, but you know, you can physical him up if you have length. God, I I, I hate to like be. I'm not trying to be this guy. I, I'm with it. You'd be contrarian. Is what I'm not even was. trying to be. Like I've been out on TCU for a long time. Yeah. Like, I, I like just TCU. feel like they're – I get it. They're tough. Mike Miles, all that. Like, they just don't do it for me, man. No. I, I just I just feel like Gonzaga, like, has the, like, chance to run off on them. I do. I mean, who's going to guard Timmy? Timmy's going to put up 35 on them dudes. Well, the, um, this, here's, here's my thing on it. Gonzaga wants to run. Like, they want to run and run and run and run. And I don't think that you want to play that way. With TCU, no, because because yeah, what are you and, afraid of? Their twenty eight percent shooting percentage from three. Well, that it's first of all, it's thirty point eight percent. So put some respect oh. on TCU. Okay, it's thirty two percent difference. They're I actually apologize. improved from last season. Mike last Miles year, they is were the fastest basketball player on the planet oh. with the ball in his hand. Yeah, but the but the whole thing is like if you look at what Jamie Dixon's career numbers are for adjusted tempo, like he's always in the two fifties and the three hundreds. Like he don't like running at all. And this year he's he's number fifty four, right? And that's because he realized, hey, look, my team shoots for shit. It's like we got a bunch of John Martins running around out there. So he said, I got all these guys, all these athletes. Let's just run. Let's just beat everybody down the floor. Try to force turnovers and just play as hectic as we possibly can. They're kind of like old school press Virginia. Instead of having Javon Carter and Daxter Miles, you have Mike Miles and Damian Ball. Shout out mm. to uh, Memphis own Damian Ball, right? A baller, for sure. Um, so I, I don't think you want to run with TCU. I don't think you can. And also, I think that they're going to be able to climb all up in, 
all up in Gonzaga's guard. All right, well, put the, put me on the record. I want to revisit this shit. That's all I'm on. I that had, vaulted, vaulted. Yeah, exactly. The vaulted like, this is the, the, like that right is now. the beauty of like I was thinking about this today. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've texted some shit to my friends that I wish I could like revisit without doing some crazy like digging in my in my text, right? Like that's the beauty of vaulted. You know what I mean? That's like, the whole the whole concept. The whole concept is to have receipts. That's right. The whole concept of it. Like I, I, I've like, gotten to know the founder pretty well, and like the whole concept stems basically from. Uh, like him and his son would argue about sports and they wanted to prove uh, yep. they got sick of trying to prove each other wrong. So it was like, fuck it. Let's just build an app where everything gets hundred percent. Cause I'm tired of letting y'all say just reckless shit and getting away with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so get, so we're going to revisit this Baylor's going on. They're moving on. And then, um, and then Gonzaga's moving on. So next time we're on and we will be on again, I want to revisit this. Somebody get T.O. a shot of bourbon or something, man. He's <laughs> yawning and shit. I mean, yeah, what I'm you sorry. need over there? You drink? What's up? I'm sorry. I'm you sorry. Drink? I, no, I, I can't. I can't sleep if I drink. That's yeah. backwards. Oh, to T.O. Hell. T.O. drinks. Trust me, T.O. drinks. Oh, he does, but he but he stays up. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. It's not it's my yeah, problem. It's not. It's, my it's problem. also not. I, I have not like. Bourbon. Hey, John, I have this weird thing. Like I go backwards. Like it's. <laughs> You're I like get tired. Benjamin Button of alcohol, man. I, it's the weirdest thing. Like he also yeah, doesn't drink just, bourbon, John. If you're if you're drinking with T.O. You're getting warm vodka, is what you're doing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was your birthday. That was your birthday. Warm shots of vodka. Warm vodka. And then that was Greenville. Oh, that's terrible, dog. No, that's, that's right. terrible. That's right. Hey, at least right. chill oh, that yeah, That's what I do. I get warm vodka. No, yeah. Have bar producers fallen asleep? Should we go some to some more chats? Anyways. Chat um, <laughs> couple more. Somebody asked, you guys didn't talk about Penn State, Texas. What are your thoughts on that one? Booty ball. Really? You think Penn State's going to beat Texas? Booty ball. No, I think they'll cover. I'll take the five and a half. Oh, okay. John's leaving. John needs another beverage. Yeah, I'm about to get another beverage. Some. some, Go. uh, Hurry up. We'll we'll talk about booty ball in Texas. Go. Warm vodka. Yeah. (laughs) Am I crazy? You don't. You like Texas? No, I just I, I. I don't really like either one of those teams. I think they're both fortunate that they're playing each other. I don't yeah, know why. I, I just I, kinda, I've had the hardest time falling. I've had the hardest time falling in love with this Texas team. Like I understand there's talent there. I understand they play hard. I understand they play like it's just there's just something about that team. I just can't fully jump in. So yeah, yeah. So it, I, I'm just not there. Well, yeah. That's that's basically my thinking on this is that. Uh, Penn State plays a style that Texas has never seen. There's not a lot of teams that can really shoot it the way that they can shoot it um, in the Big 12. That is one thing about the Big 12 is not great. They don't shoot it particularly well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really good league. They don't shoot it particularly And you could say, well, their defense is good in that league, and it is. But they just – they don't particular. it's not a great shooting league. Hey, how do you feel about St. Mary's? Because I think that that was – I was much more concerned with the VCU matchup for UConn than I was with the St. Mary's matchup. But I think St. Mary's is a better team than VCU. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, they, they are a better team than VCU. I, I was – somebody from some VCU podcast, like, reached out, and they are like, we don't have to get turnovers. That's how we used to play with Havoc. I was like, dude, you're sixth in the country in tor- turnovers forced, like, turnover percentage. Like, what are you talking about? Of course you need to force turnover. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And 
I, then what happens? Uh, VCU commits 21 turnovers. St. Mary's commits 12. Who wins? St. Mary's. There, there's your game. Here's, um, here's the thing about them. I just feel like Andre Jackson, UConn's going to roll. Uh, Andre Jackson. I agree. You put him on Aiden Mahaney, like, he ain't seen that now. Yeah. Like, Gonzaga doesn't have Andre Jackson. Like, anything, like, Rasir Bolton, whatever, he's not that type of athlete. That dunk, that dunk that Andre Jackson had at the beginning of that game was stupid. That one where he cocked it back and touched his neck. My he kids, had one, were, he had one my kids were watching that. My kids were watching that. My son jumped. Yeah, yeah. I was like, watching that. I was watching that with my son. We both had Kemba Walker jerseys on, and when he yeah. ducked that down, my son started jumping up and down, screaming. And then I swear to God, he looks at me, and goes, "We yell when we dunk, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, you're damn right, you yell." Yeah. He's like, ah. "Hey, That's man." Awesome. And on a real note, because we, we should have done this in the show, but we didn't. Uh, maybe we did a little bit, but you know, all I heard at halftime was, "They gotta get Jordan Hawkins going." I don't know what's going on with Jordan, Jordan Hawkins. Fucking balled out in the second half, like Jordan. Jordan Hawkins was him. Jordan Hempkins in the second half. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when, like, and I and I appreciate the fact that he had as bad a half as he did in the first half, and he was not shy in the second. Right? Like, he was still trying to find it. He was still trying to, you know, find find the find the rim, find the find the score, and he did. You know, and and I and I do. I mean, I I feel like. I've, I've liked UConn. You go back on these shows. I've liked UConn for a long time. And Sonogo, we didn't even mention. I know some people are like, like he, maybe he's polarizing, but I love his. I love what he does. And I don't think St. Mary's going to have an answer for him either. I'm like, no. St. Mary's. St. Mary's has a freshman center that's seven foot. Like, yeah. So here's here's just my the thing girth that of Sonogo, right? Like here's here's my thing on it. St. Mary's is basically they're like ball screen Virginia, right? They're going to play at that slow tempo. They're going to run everything through ball screens, and they're going to try to use those ball screens to create open jump shots. That's what they do. They're in the 98th percentile in terms of percentage of possessions that enter the ball screen, and they're in the 92nd percentile in terms of uh, percentage of possessions that end in a a spot-up jump shot. Um, Two things UConn does great. They blow up ball screens with their ability to hedge with Sudogo and to play drop coverage with Donovan. Yep. And they run you off the three-point line. They're like 10th in defensive uh, three-point rate, um, like percentage of uh, field goal attempts that are three-pointers. So they just match up really well with them. The concern that I have is St. Mary's, like you're not going to get offensive rebounds. And there's times when UConn's best offense is getting second-chance points. I think they got to get Hawkins going tomorrow. You're not going to be able to get out in transition because St. Mary's doesn't let you run. What's you're not going to be able to play – Huh? What's the spread? I haven't looked it up yet. Um, but you're not going to be able to to get out and run because they don't they don't go after offensive rebounds at all. They just send everybody back. It's UConn minus three and a half. Oh, hammer that! Yeah, <laughs> uh, you said <sound. laughs> hammer that. I agree. I do. I, that, you that UConn, might, UConn might win against Kansas I, I State. I never say that. UConn might win by 15 points. Kentucky is favored against Kansas State. That's Stop it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, they're favored by a point and a half. Well, that, that's a heat. Because the entire another, state of Kentucky. Oh, yeah, that's another heat we got two heat locks out. I, I, if, if I'm not a gambling man, but if UConn is only favored, what'd you say? Three and, Three and a half. half. Yeah. <laughs> Might turn into a gambling man. <laughs> 
Trevor, what do we got? I, I got one from myself. Uh, Duke minus two and a half. Am, am I missing something there? What, what? Yeah, it's it's three and a half now, but oh. you're not missing anything. You Trevor's just looking for he, look, Trevor's looking for the come up here. He's looking for action, baby. <laughs> hey, I got I got to, I got to recoup Memphis right now. <laughs> yeah, it's three and a half now. I mean, I, I will say this: like my my view of Tennessee was a lot different when Ziegler was in there. I mean, it was. I was like, I I thought they had a chance to win a championship with him. I mean, maybe that was some people would say that was you know too high of you, but without him, I I just think Duke is playing among the best basketball of anybody in the country right now in terms of their form. I, I don't think know Tennessee. Tennessee is ruined offensively. Exactly. I mean, they they're really ruined. They're right, pa- dude. They're I, passing up more shots. Like yeah. guys are just thinking too much and yep. not firing away when they're open. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it looks bad. Because when, when you're talking about terrible. covering numbers here, right? You're thinking about okay, how does how does Tennessee and, and look, Duke has had it's I mean it's not like they've lit it up in the ACC championship against Virginia. And Tennessee is going to throw a very similar defense at them. Like Tennessee is going to guard like we know. But I just I don't know how Tennessee is going to score as well as Duke has been playing defensively with Filipowski there in the in, Filipowski in the in the post. And I, I just I, I have a hard time envisioning it. Yeah. To me that's the that that's the game tomorrow. Like that's the most intriguing game to me. Duke, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> so Yep. Duke, I never answered your te- your question, Trevor. What do you guys think? Would you guys bet Duke? Yeah. Yeah, I just locked, I would, I just I locked in my bet right now while we were doing okay. that. Oh, wow. There you go, Trevor. The line's already moved a point, and it's going to keep moving, so I wanted to get in there. Wow, we got that much it. influence, huh? Rob Doster's a sharp, man. <laughs> Definitely not. Dude, what's today? It's I was not a sharp. It's a whale. He's I got a whale. fucking murder Seriously, he puts today. a bet Good in and God. the number changes. He's a whale. I had to do this show just to fucking, you know, get a little money back in my fucking life. I got destroyed <laughs> today. South, hey, South Carolina, South Carolina still doesn't have uh, legalized gambling. Still, really, really, Tennessee no, does. Tennessee definitely doesn't. does. You know, you, here's the thing: why not? You know what I mean? For what? It ain't like South Carolina's got you know try. Or, do they have casinos in, in South Carolina or no? Right, so they don't even have tribal things to consider here. Yeah, like do you do you not like? T- the state of Tennessee, I, I just noticed I live here, like $65 million in tax revenue because of sports gambling last year. Like, do you not like the idea of $65 million in tax revenue? It makes a lot of sense. Last time <laughs> like, I went over to Memphis, we went down to Tunica. My buddy yeah. got body slammed by a grandma. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Tunica's <laughs> wild. So. What? Tunica is <laughs> wild. So we <laughs> could different, man. Yeah, that's, man, that's, that's Mississippi now. Just like, dude, right we, now. Dude, we went. So you fly into Memphis, you drive two hours south, right, to get to Tunica? <laughs> it's about an hour, yeah. Yeah, so you drive, drive down to Tunica. We went and started drinking at this saloon. And my buddy, he went, He, he he's a Marine now. <laughs> she, she, she body slammed him like a, but she's like, I think I'd pick you up. <laughs> That's the- and I was like, and you know how I am. I'm like, shit, shit, no, you can't. You can't pick him up. Those little alarms you got, she picked him up, John. Like from she, And then, like, she's like, I bet you I can. I was like, there's no chance you can pick Max. His name is Max. So His name was, was like, Max. There's no chance right you can pick there. up Max. And I was like, bullshit. Just take your, take your 
trash talk elsewhere is what I said. She disappears. All of a sudden, we're 10 minutes later. This lady pops out of nowhere in her little cowboy hat and then grabs around him, around his back, and picks him up. But here's the kicker. When she picked him up, she leaned back to pick him up. She lost her balance. He pancaked her and knocked her out unconscious. I've never left the saloon so far in my life. This is, a, this is, a, this is the God's honest truth. This, is, this happened. That's, this happened, that's and I was just like, up, "Oh my God!" <laughs> Y'all gotta come down here and go to Tunica, man. Y'all gotta all come down, do a building Ma- hey, from Tunica. Dude, Max, Max was a—he was a little uncomfortable to begin with when we were in there. Yeah, and he gets up. It was a first assertive thing he had said the whole time we were there. He goes, "We're fucking leaving." <laughs> was like, was like, I was like, "All right, well, we're Dorothy going to Max out of here before he goes freaking postal." Yeah, yeah, and Dot fucking gave him the German suplex. You gotta get the Dude, she she suplexed him and knocked herself out. Her her poor husband, who's I had to be sixty five years old. He's, he's like, four. damn it, Darla. This is a, this is a party <laughs> trick, man. This ain't his first rodeo. <laughs> damn it, Darla. Rob Dosser like, don't know about that tunica life, man. No, like, tunica's different love, now. I love that as soon as you said tunica, John just goes, oh. <laughs> hey, look, just hey, to be clear, that's Mississippi, yeah, not Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, t- hey, hold on now. All right. I don't do that shit with y'all. I don't do that <laughs> shit with y'all. Somebody said something happens in like Rhode Island or some shit. Atlantic like, oh, that's fucking Connecticut. They have Atlantic City. I don't City. do that shit with y'all. And y'all and y'all's shit in terms of proximity is a lot closer. So don't do that shit with us. <laughs> the tunic right? is different, though. Oh, tunic yeah. is on like a river, right? Like well, they have like, some kind of game yeah, like they have like, well, like they the way they it's it's on a a it's on water like you it's could, a, yeah it's a it's basically yeah, a river boat. yeah. But Jeff we're Grammer in the chat. We're getting into intricacies Damn it, Darla needs to be on a Field of sixty eight t shirt. <laughs> Damn it, Darla. That's yep. all the guy said. He was like, and he had been quiet the whole night. And all I heard was, "Damn it, Darla." That, that that's what uh, that's what UConn is about to do to St. Mary's tomorrow. Like give them the Darla. All right, Damn it, Darla. Trevor, can we yeah. get like two more questions and then we can call it? Because this yeah, is I, completely I, off the rails. I don't know what, <laughs> what the hell that was. Uh, I'll throw this out there: Duke money line, UConn money line, plus one seventy on Bet Rivers right now. Uh, an Auburn fan in the chat says, "Why will Auburn beat Houston tomorrow?" Because because the, the the highs are good. The highs are good with Auburn, but the lows are horrible, and they might get they might catch a high. And for all we know, like Houston's guys might actually be fucked up. Like they might actually be injured. And if they are injured, that changes everything. You're talking about the two best backcourt players on a team that doesn't have a ton of backcourt depth. Yeah. They won't. All yeah. that said, Houston made what was it, the Elite Eight last year without Marcus Sasser or without Jamal Mark, who were their two best backcourt God, players. I forgot they made about the final that. four the year before. I mean, yeah. but they're going to lose to this shitty Auburn team tomorrow. No, no worries. Yep. Yeah. Uh, any concern about Alabama against Maryland? Brandon Miller didn't score any points in the first game. Jeff said he was nursing something after the game. Any level of concern for you guys with with Alabama? Uh, the the Willard effect. No, but no, no. no. I, in fact, I think that 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 actually like makes things worse for Maryland because he didn't score last game. Yeah, yeah. I concur. Fair enough. Uh, last one. We'll end on a banger here. Should Matt Painter be fired? <laughs> no, come on. No. What are we doing? Here? What are we doing? 
Absolutely not. What are we talking about here? It should be people fire, love, but like it's love like love overreacting to to stuff that happens in the tournament. Like it's okay, like okay, 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 fame. okay. Matt Painter should be fired, but it's turning into a sexless marriage. That's such a good analogy. That really is. That is so Matt good. Painter and Purdue is a sexless marriage. Like you feel like you got to stay together for the kids. <laughs> you don't love each other anymore. It ain't the the flame doesn't burn. And I'm not sure that qualifies shit. with Painter, but I think there's other schools where that that's a good analogy for. But it is, that, man. Purdue and Matt Painter is a sexless marriage, and you know it because we don't ever have to worry about them dudes going to the final four. It's just never a conversation. Like it's the same. Like, what were people talking about, To going into this tournament? Purdue's going to lose to Memphis. Yeah. Shit, it, it wasn't even a well, question. The good news is they're not going to lose to Memphis. They're not. They're actually, yeah, it's, it's like you don't even have to worry about that. We, we took yeah. care of that for you in the first round. You lost to a 16. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, I think you don't fire a guy because, like, they did win the Big Ten. They did win the Big Ten tournament. That means something to somebody somewhere. But this goes back to Rob Do- Like, I actually use Purdue as a uh, as an example in Rob Doster and your argument. I said if Purdue wins the Big Ten – but loses in the second round. In fact, they lost in the first round. Man, thank God they won the Big Ten tournament, though, right, Rob? Shit, thank God. I mean, that's good. It, well, the Big Ten success. tournament, like the Big Ten tournament, has been around for like fifteen years. The the I fully acknowledge that the Big East tournament is viewed entirely differently by teams in the Big East than any other conference tournament. Is it is by anybody else ever anywhere, and it's Dio awesome. can Dio can attest to this. Like, yeah. like people care about it. It actually means like it actually matters, and I think this is just a Big East thing, which is so weird to me when I talk to these fans of other programs. They're like, "Yeah, whatever, it's the tournament, right?" No, the Big East tournament matters. Yep, agreed. You don't fire them, but it's one of those things where you're just staying together for the kids. <laughs> uh, the chat loved that quote, by the way. Um, let's go to toast. Is, I mean, is there anybody you know, else to toast? I mean, to? come on, come on. This is a fucking, you know, every, you know, three yeah. for whatever the fuck. I mean, there's nobody to toast except Fairly Dickinson and Tobin Anderson, who we had yeah, on the show tonight. You know, I think I, we should do a three for one here. I actually, I yeah. disagree. Oh my god, bro, come on. No, I disagree. Who? You said who? there's no one to toast but Fairly Dickinson and Tobin Anderson. So how about the homie Sean Moore? How about the guy? That had 19 points tonight. How about the dude that hit that jump shot from the Fair top enough. of the key with a minute left that put Philly Dickinson up five? You know the stones that you got to have to make that shot as a 16 seed going up against Zach Eady, National Player of the Year, number one seed in the region, Big Ten champion, Big Ten tournament champion. And with a minute left, you step, step up and bang home a three. Come on, man. Can we just say the Philly Dickinson nights, man? Can we just do it? Just, I mean, all of it. What a fucking night, man. What a great day of college basketball. Amazing. What a great day. Back-to-back, unbelievable days of college basketball. This was awesome. Take us home, John. Take us home. T.O. to uh, the the warm vodka. (laughs) Well, the beauty of it is we're going to do it all again tomorrow. We're going to do it all again tomorrow. As the second round starts, we get underway for second round play. This has in the field of 68 after dark the afters of course powered by bet rivers underdog fantasy i'm john martin he's rob doster he's terrence ogglesby 
We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you do not miss it. Like, subscribe, tune in on SiriusXM. It's going to do it for us. Have a fantastic night. See you tomorrow.